welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. It is Fret Talk number 237. It is definitely 237. I I know this. I've written it down. <laughs> uh, you're here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You're here with another host, Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Whee! And you're here with, oh my gosh, it's Josh. Oh my gosh, it's actually me. It is. It is indeed you. Um, speaking of you, you um, you dropped a video on Pedalboards of Doom not moments ago, did you not? Yes, literally moments ago, and it's slowly building all up, so it's all good. It was good fun. I couldn't stop playing the preset that I made, which is a evidently good thing because it means that Neural DSP are doing things right. Indeed. So you you kind of took a uh, um, like a deep dive into um, into the the update itself and kind of gave a, a few snapshots of um, yeah what was going uh, on, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the first thing I literally did was right started from the ground up, built my presets. Uh, I wanted to use the new amp, which new amps, which was the Vox AC fifteen um, and yeah. the Marshall Silver Jubilee, which. When I was a Kemper user, I loved the sort of Silver Jubilee stuff. So, yeah, uh, I actually found it better on the Quad Cortex. I had to admit, it sounded a bit more fuller. I think is the best way to word it. Um, then I did the new choruses, uh, and then just started having a play. And then once I finally got the hang of the freeze function, I was just in my element. Then I did the new delays and a shimmer reverb, which came like two updates ago and I got lost in heaven. Cool. 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 So, uh, the freeze function was a, a new thing. Um, you got the two amps, you had the two choruses as well, didn't you? You had the, yeah. the dreamscape and the CE two W. Yes. Yes. Um, which I think the, as soon as you turn on the uh, the Dreamscape chorus, it's definitely soon like the stock setting is just like, yep, yeah, that's that's a dream theater sound right there. It's very unmistakable. And what's actually really good with the what they've called it the Chief CE2W. I mean, you know, Chief is kind of you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you. Yeah. And they've actually, when you go into the settings, they've actually even included the three toggle switch modes on there. Oh, have they? And I was testing each one, and they do sound differently and very similar to the original series, shall so, we say. Is that the one that's got, like, vibrato mode on it? Yeah, it was, like, there was, like, a CE one, CE... V and then the CE two W, so I'm getting off one was the CE, yeah. the original chorus, the vintage sort of sound. The V would have been the the vibrato, I would imagine, and then obviously the the two W was the the, the yeah wasser. the multi version, yeah, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't have said wasser, I shouldn't have, cause that gives away what it is. <laughs> the wanky version, the wanky version, yeah. That, <laughs> but you know what? When you uh, when you tried both of those on the video. Um, I thought the Dreamscape sounded better. I did, yes. <laughs> Admittedly, with the Chief one, I did dial it back a little bit more. Yeah. Because that's 
how I tend to use that sort of style of chorus, a bit more subtle. Um, but yeah, I preferred the the Dreamscape one. And what I quite liked with the Dreamscape was you have got a high pass, low pass filter on there as well. And the actual controls are quite in, in depth for it. Nice. Um... Uh, the the standout for me once once I figured it out was being able to use that the freeze function. Yeah. Um because it's going to open a hell of a lot of avenues for people where they are tones tonescaping, tone searching. Um you can change the how much of the freeze function you want or how much of the dry you want you can again add high pass low pass filter and you can route it through a different signal pass so you can add different effects to the freeze rather than just having the signal go straight through nice but i just i literally used it as okay you hit a chord you turn it on and then that chord just infinitely stays so you you know you pick what key you want to be in when you're noodling over it yeah like a kind of rudimentary uh looper yeah like a looper but you're just playing over like you know an, an e major chord or whatever yeah <laughs> like, apparently sats used to uh um practice modes like that he'd have two guitars plugged in and he'd like pluck the e string of one and let it just ring out and then play like certain modes mm-hmm. over something because it's just the one string you can you can go uh, like with any any of the tonal options uh, as long as you stay within that key, mm. that was uh, that that was really cool. Uh, but you can do that without having to be as opulent as Joe Satriani and only yeah. having one guitar. Um, I haven't figured out. I wanted to obviously trying to see if we could use it as a sustainiac, but trying to do it that way is a bit. You can only really do that if you use it as a momentary switch. Which obviously, then once you do your foot's doing that, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah, getting the whole like Gary Moore infinite sustain. Yeah, weird or Steve Vai for the love of God sort of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who aren't <laughs> massive dads, yeah, <laughs> mind you, Steve Steve Vai's no, he's no spring chicken these days, is he? No, I was going to say I challenge you to find anybody under the age of twenty five who's heard of Steve Vai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably a lot of people under 25 have never heard of Gary Moore yeah, it saddens I mean, me most people under the age of 25 haven't heard real music that's a good point Indeed. I mean we're going to be talking about real music a little bit later on aren't we <laughs> yes we are it's a, it's a storm brewing <laughs> oh dear oh dear so if if you haven't dear listener go, go and watch uh, our Josh's uh, quad cortex video and um, i've seen it twice now uh, I, I i watched it when like before uh before it came out to um to tweet the thumbnail picture for it so i wanted to like get an idea of what the video was about uh, and then when it dropped as well I, I watched it again and it's like a fine wine it just keeps getting better the more you drink Oh, uh, Dankeschön, Dankeschön. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, the, you have been up to more, though, this week, have you not, Mr. Josh? 
You've been I a have, busy boy. Yes. Uh, I more. dropped the new episode of Guitar Geeks. We had the wonderful Phil Short, who was Guitar Idol of the Winner back in 2016. And ironically, on the next episode of Guitar Geeks podcast, we actually have the runner up who he beat, <laughs> ironically, which was which made for quite good fun. Um, he does a lot of stuff for Lick Library. He does a lot of the uh, video lessons for those. He is session guitar player for Westlife as well. So does all the Westlife shows. So it's good chatting to him about that and actually, you know, talking about the properly professional side of things. And uh, Yeah, like real musician shit. Yeah. Um, does does he have a stool that he has to stand up from when, when, when they do a key change? He literally has like an X marks a spot where he kind of stands, plays and generally looks good and plays guitar solos where needs be. Oh, nice. I'm going to have to um, listen to that one. Cause it... Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a lovely chat. And you know what? He was, an, he was a lovely, lovely chap uh, as well, I must admit. Um, I finally spoken to our resident Fletcher Pickups. Yes. He managed to literally, the, I sent him a, a brief intro message. Hi, blah, 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 you know looking for some set pickups recommended by Adam and Matt and uh blah, blah, blah. and he went, Oh my gosh, it's Josh and I was like, Oh yeah, so he knew so he knew <laughs> he, he knew who I was. Um I mean he, he he's one of the Patreon backers for this podcast, so he, yes. if he ain't listening, he's not getting his money's worth. <laughs> yes, thank you, Ben. Um and I said to him what I was kind of looking for, what was in the market, set the sound clip, and he automatically knew that Dev was, uh, you know, Fishman user, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we went through it, and literally straight off the bat, he said, uh, you know, something like uh, Elysium's or the Purgatory set. Yeah. Um, and he kind of recommended purgatory set would be the closest sort of thing so managed to chat to him hooked up a deal for some uh purgatory sets and they're going to be in a nice uh silver chrome encasing nice so i am looking forward to getting those he said about six weeks or so so hopefully by end of march i should have them go in and get them fitted and I'm, i'm really looking forward to doing a video on them Indeed. He's a busy boy, he's our, he's our Fletch. Yeah, um, he, I mean, I have to give him a lot of credit, and I'm not just saying this because I know he's listening, or will be listening, <laughs> but he got back to me really quickly, really good detail, sorted everything out, answered all the questions, and yeah, I. if anybody's listening and they're looking for pickups, go straight to him because he knows what he's talking about. He does, he, and it, it's a good chat as well. Whenever you... Whenever you're chatting pickups with uh, with our Ben, he's uh, he, he's as enthusiastic as you are about them. Like he'll yeah. he'll absolutely give as good as he, as you uh, as you give uh, in that yeah, conversation, definitely. and you, you you go down a rabbit hole. Um, it did <laughs> it led to a conversation that me and Mister Fletcher had, <laughs> though, um, and I need to return some of his stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I did, t- Ben. I did say to him when you sent me the message, 
you know, just to reiterate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, it is, it's, it's been on my list. And I, I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times. Um, but yeah, I, I, I need to return some of these guitars back to, uh, uh, back to Mr. Fletcher. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> it's right. Your next set sorry. of pickups is going to cost three times what you'd actually pay for them. So. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And it's going to, going to take 12 weeks. <laughs> uh, it would be, it would be sweet, sweet retribution. That would, wouldn't it? <laughs> but there we go. Uh, you've got you've got other things as well you've done this week as well, haven't you? Our, our Joshy. Uh, so you've uh, done... Flip. Yes. You've got a vid drops. You've got a podcast. And I have lined up an audition for a band who... I put an advert out on the Join My Band just to see what's kind of knocking out there and had a reply from a band that's signed up with an agency doing gigs. It's got gigs, like plenty of gigs lined up earning dollar... Um, not going to go into too much detail as of yet. It's very similar to the line of work of what I'm used to. Uh, kind of like heavier styles. Actually, no, more, you know, shall we say, uh, cover band-esque. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So uh, we're like rivals now, I guess. Yes, <laughs> um, so to speak, uh, they're... Other guitarists, their rhythm guitarists live so they're in Solly Hall near me. They've got a um they all rehearse in Wolverhampton. Um Hang on a sec. So they, <laughs> he lives in Solly Hall, but So the other guitarist lives this side and then the singer and I believe the bassist live at Warsaw Way. So okay. they rehearse in Wolverhampton and we're looking for a lead guitar player, so oh, shit man, I, that's closer I, than my lot. And uh, the the ironic <laughs> thing is, is they said, okay, um, we can get you in for an audition on Sunday the 13th. And said, that date's fine. However, it's my 30th birthday the day before. And I said, I'm going to be getting absolutely shit-faced at my house party. So I said, I can come to an audition, but I ain't going to function. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just take that into consideration that I will not be at 100%. I, w- uh, I will barely be at 10%. <laughs> Yeah, um, so they said they'll sort it. Uh, they'll sort one out for the week after. Uh, so I've got to get quad cortex tone matching. Nice. I suppose, like with some of these things, you can search search for like presets that are already been already been made. Yeah, but I'm gonna. Ma- I I prefer to make them myself purely because then I can release them on the neural cloud and get more people to like my content. Boom. It's all about that content. And it <laughs> will right. feed into a video later on at Pedalboards of Doom. Where is yeah. oh. right, it can. Oh, Matt, what have you been doing? Yeah, nothing compared to what you've been doing by the sounds of it. Is <laughs> he Yeah, quite weak. Like, I I intended, so... I've got two two fairly complicated songs to learn. I've got Sir Duke by um, Stevie Wonder, which I mentioned that I wanted to get the guys, and they've all agreed that they, they'll they learn all the difficult bits and I'll just learn the funk rhythm um, and also the structure of the song because fucking hell, it goes all over the place and doesn't repeat where <laughs> you think it will and does repeat where you don't think it will. So yeah, I've it's, got that it's to do. got some pretty integral stops as well, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah so- some, like, and, it's, and, and they're not, yeah. 
they're not where you think they it's yeah the 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 structure is going to be the hardest part for me although i think i'll probably end up playing some of the the proper walkie baseline or whatever you call it. you know the the, yeah. the the like intro outro i don't even know how to describe it like yeah bridge i don't know it's music i don't i can't <laughs> yeah. i can't verbalize music terms the, the musicy but, bits yeah yeah but yeah i'll probably end up because there's there's like keyboards and trumpets and a bass playing it and we don't have a trumpet player which means our keyboardist will either have to play the keyboard or the trumpet line and they'll probably need filling out this well, would be the perfect time for you to get a bus sy200 <laughs> i've got a mel9 it'll do <laughs> i mean weren't fuzz pedals initially designed to sound like a, a no a wah pedal, oh, it was a wah, a wah it? there you go it was originally so... meant to sound like a trumpet well i mean it was a fuzz pedal because satisfaction the whole thing about um what was that fuzz the, yeah, the, yeah, the cranky one that we the, talked about uh, in the week. M- Maestro. Yeah. Yeah, them ones. But yeah. Um, FM1, is it? Yeah. But yeah, uh, so I'll I'll probably end up having to learn that bit as well. But um, I, I sat down and I was like, right, I'm going to learn that. But like, I vaguely know comfortably numb. So let's just sit here and see if I can have a go at the solos and just find a backing track for it. Um and got lost in the world of just playing along to backing tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so it got, to the, it got to the outro solo of um, to, of Comfortably Numb, and I realized that the start of the solo for Hotel California works really well. <laughs> um, so I did the start of the solo for Hotel California over the end of um, that, and then kind of just went off on my own thing. And then instead of hitting stop on YouTube and go back to the start and actually trying to play it properly... I just let YouTube go down a rabbit hole of playing backing tracks and just playing <laughs> over them. So I spent three hours playing over like Hendrix stuff and like random blues backing track number four in G sharp. Um, lost about three hours worth of playing time and have no no closer to learning either of the songs that I need to learn. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like an afternoon well spent though, so... It was, like, I, I really enjoyed it and I, like... Like I say, I've not really been playing much recently, so like I had fun, yeah. but it was not productive in any way. <laughs> yeah, that's it, the main thing. As long as it's fun, it weren't it weren't like targeted productiveness, but like just playing in general is like dusting off the cobwebs at least. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And I'll, I'll have to either sit down one night this week or over the weekend and actually learn what I was supposed to. But just another excuse to pull the guitar out of the bag again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably best to save comfortably numb for the second song. Yeah, well, I'll just pull, like, I need to pull the strat out of the thing because I think it needs restringing anyway. Yeah. And if I'm playing funk, I need the strat. So I'll do that. And then, I mean, obviously, Gilmore used the strat anyway. So then I'll have the right guitar and I've learned the funky song. And then I can go and play blues licks over a prog, <laughs> prog song and piss people off. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Fun fact, I was watching the cover bang years ago because uh, one of my friends was uh, one of the guitarists in it and they were doing, you know, the usual sort of odds and sods. And then he put his lovely Gibson Les Paul standard down, p- picked up his Strat, did a few Strat songs and then did Sweet Child and Mine on a Strat. And like, <laughs> I was just like, you've got a Les Paul right there. What are you doing? I, I watched a band when I was about... 14 and the guy had spent 80% of this set playing with an SG and it was mostly rock songs it was mostly stuff that you know you'd, you'd associate with a Les Paul he puts the SG down 
There was one song on a Gretsch that was a jam song. So I understand why he picked the Gretsch up because, you know, they like use that kind of thing. And then straight away went into ACDC. He was the only <laughs> guitarist. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, Malcolm Young did use a Gretsch, but you're doing all of Angus Young's parts of it, it was it ended up being three ACD songs, DC songs, and he did it all with a Gretsch. <laughs> uh, you got to respect <laughs> that, man. I was just like, okay, either you love Malcolm Young or you don't understand, or I don't know what's going on here, but you put down a cherry red SG, picked up <laughs> a Gretsch, and it wasn't even the, it wasn't even a, like a double cut; it was a, a single cut Gretsch. Oh, it's just yeah, uh. I, I, it was the weirdest thing. Like I, I, I don't understand why why they did that but yeah it's it's always stuck with me it's like one of my <laughs> earliest I, I think i probably started learning guitar about three or three or four months earlier and it was like one of my defining moments is i'm never gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you've got the right tool for it's like it's like using a spanner to knock in a nail when there's a hammer sat right next to you yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. in my head that was exactly what i was thinking was like, what? it works <laughs> But, but why? <laughs> Look, <laughs> like actively putting the hammer down and then pick, like rifling through the bag to pick up a spanner and go, oh no, this this nail needs this. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, absolute dickhead move. But I mean, <laughs> we've all seen it. We've all seen someone do absolutely <laughs> inane, stupid shit like that. Yeah. Go on, go on. I'll, I'll. Uh... I'll talk about the uh, the pedal that I've done this week. In fact, I'll talk about the one that I did last week because it's doing incredibly well. The video, it's uh, like about two, two and a half hundred views maybe since. So it's it's only been maybe about four days, been released four days. So that's, like on my channel, that's ridiculous. Uh, it's probably uh, like if it continues on at that rate it'll probably be about the thousand mark within a month which again i don't think that's ever happened i think the 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 the, the biggest one that i've got on my channel at the moment is uh something like 10,000 views um but that that was the first one that was literally the first no talk all tone, which was about four years ago. <laughs> so it's it's had quite a while to do that. Uh, so this one, but it, it's it's a pedal which, like a few people have mentioned to me as being like a legit pedal. So it's obviously got that that search behind it. If you haven't watched it yet, go onto the Budget Pedal Chap YouTube channel and look for the Mosky Spring Reverb. You will not be disappointed. Apparently, even those people with the Mosky Spring Reverb say, well, hang on, this sounds different than mine. So, <laughs> like, even if you've got one yourself, check it out, because it might surprise you. Um, but this week, I, I had a little rifle through my uh, pedal collection, um, and I looked for stuff that I haven't done yet. Um, and I've got, like, various unnamed boxes of pedals. Uh, and I came out with something which might please our, uh, our absent co-host, Lee Padabadabadoo. So I found a uh, like a modded version of the MXR Blue Box, like a clone, but with 
with a special mod. Uh, so, like naturally, I thought, well, this this is an opportunity to take the piss out of Lee. So I'm going to do this as a no-talkal tone. And say if it comes to the special mod, does it turn up with a Vespa and some really stupid Ben Sherman jacket? <laughs> I mean, not those kind of special mods, no, but um, granted. Uh, so the... This is it's with your blue box. It's a two knob pedal. You've you've basically got like a, a like a blend control and like it's, an output yeah, it's control. Like, it's like output and mix or output and blend in it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's output and mix actually. But it, it, essentially, what you get is um, you've you've got like a set first tone, and you've got a set um, analog glitchy octave. Okay, it's a, a an octave below, so like really kind of synthy, um, dirty nice. sounding octave, and the the mix control just mixes between like fully fully fuzz or fully um, fully octave, so you can completely cut out your quote unquote dry guitar signal, um, like the the fuzzed up original guitar signal, and you can just have like broken Casio keyboard sounding. Um, like octave, so it's it's a really strange one, and that that's that's the blue box it like in and of itself anyway. Um, so it like it's got that, but then it's got this flick switch in the middle, which takes the the original glitchy octave and then drops that down by an octave, which doesn't do anything for the tracking. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if anything, it makes it worse. But <laughs> I think that's part of the charm. And actually, I was expecting to be really ripping the piss out of Lee this week on this one, and just basically asking him how how he could enjoy this pedal. But I I did have fun. I I really enjoyed it. If you can't get lost playing a fuzz and enjoying playing the fuzz you just haven't found the right one for you yet yeah 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 i mean i've played a fair few i was listening back actually to an old uh an old no talk or tone this week because it came up on my time hop um so that's how you get all your views Ah. (laughs) no like it came up as as like a uh like a minute clip of it through uh through my facebook page um and there was like a Jed's ped, um, the American Pop Master, sorry, uh, Pop Meister, which is essentially the uh, the Devi of a Sodomizer. Um, and I like, I remembered playing that, and it it being like being okay, like it's it was a well put together pedal, but I thought mm, it's not really for me. But I listened back to it and thought, actually, these sounds are really good. So I'm going to have to dig that one out again. <laughs> and that's when you realise you sold it. No, I've I've got it. I've I've got all of the Jed's Peds ones that he sent through. Um, just because I like having a large collection of like weird and wonderful pedals. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, actually, I, I use one of them uh, on my gigging board, the Auto War. Because... Like, ain't, ain't nobody not getting up and dancing when your guitar goes wow, 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 So <laughs> I use that one on the on the regs. But yeah, like this this blue box, um, really quite 
really quite interesting. Um, not like nowhere near as usable as pedals that I would suggest are the best pedals. So I still maintain that Lee is incorrect, but he's not as incorrect as I thought. And it's given me a little bit of an existential crisis here. <laughs> what, that Lee's right? Or... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, like, because in, in my mind, Lee's, Lee's the, the complete opposite end of the spectrum to, to me. And actually, we, we're meeting somewhere in the middle here. And it's, it's making me feel uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Listeners make of that what you will. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Like dare 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 I say are we are we becoming best friends? Is, <laughs> is a, and a, yes, that is right. It is flying pigs over France. We indeed. Um, we we have got a little bit of stuff we need to do, like a bit of housekeeping we need to do before we go on to the full fully fledged news this week. Um, and it cropped up from a conversation we were having before the podcast. So this is this is going to be our discussion topic here. Um, so get ready for it. In our in our group chat, Josh, you put the comment, and I I, I quote as follows: <clears throat> Anybody over the age, I'm going to say of thirty, but that's not wrong because I'm about to approach thirty. Anybody that is classed as growing up in the eighties will find this. As a triggering <laughs> conversation topic. Uh, yeah, so like this is our pre prerequisite spoiler warning here, like a disclaimer. Right, so this was your comment here. All of Metallica's covers on Garage Inc. are better than the original. That, let, Fact. Let that <laughs> let that sink in for a moment before we before we dissect this one. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands up and say that I've heard very very few songs from Garage Inc. But then why are you even weighing in on this competition if you've barely even heard? That's like me saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, but you he's can't the be biggest Thin Lizzy fan in the universe." <laughs> but that's like me saying, "Oh, I don't like fish, but I've never but have never ever trying fish." You okay, know? Yeah. okay, just just so what you're saying is. If you speak to a man who's never tried broccoli, who says, I don't like broccoli, and then you speak to a man who says, I've tried broccoli once and I don't like it, and that uh, the man who's tried broccoli once has a better opinion than the man who's never tried broccoli, yeah? Yes. Okay. Now replace tried broccoli with gay sex. Is the man who's tried gay sex once but doesn't like it Less gay than the guy who's never tried gay sex. If one wants to master the arch, you must try all aspects of it. <laughs> I mean, just just I was just clarifying that that was your position. Okay, so so <laughs> uh, we've we've taken from this that Josh is all in. Well, uh, if, funny enough, another thing. My parents are both religious, and they were watching a Ricky Gervais docu- uh, c- comedy, and he said, "But the stupidest thing is about God is that he puts the male G spot up the arse yeah. and then prohibits anal sex and sex in men." Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so you know, um, 
Yeah, if what? you've not listened to Gary Chink and you've not listened through the covers, then you have absolutely no right to be saying, oh, well, they suck. I mean, I have listened to both Garage Inc. and I've listened to a lot of the originals as well. So, okay, we'll take, as you're a big Lizzie fan, Whiskey in the Jar. Yeah. The original to that is blander than toilet paper. And then you've whoa, got the talent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You see, I was on your side, Josh, but like, no. It is, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then Metallica just bring it to life that little bit more. Then you've got things like Stone Cold Crazy. They've got a bit more power. They've got a bit more punch to it. Bread Fan again. They've got a bit more power. They've got a bit more punch. Blitzkrieg again. Banger. Merciful of Fate. Banger. Like, what is going on with you? Uh, can I just interject here and say banger? I hardly know her. So. I'm going to wind wind straight back to the the initial comment of I've only I've only listened to like a handful of the tracks out of the um out of the Gary Jink album rather than the entire thing. Like like you said, um it's like saying uh like someone who's tried a few fish and if those those fish tasted like hot garbage, you'd go, "Hmm, I'm probably not going to try more fish because these three fish that I ate Tasted like vomit in my mouth. Um, so that is the experience for which Metallica have have done to these these songs. Uh, so we will start with Whiskey in the Jar, which has got like the Lizzie version, which starts with with an intro, uh, like like an intro in A minor, and then and then winds into the song. Metallica, fuck that right off because. They say to subtlety and nuance, a big fuck you. But whether um, Metallica ever been subtle, and that is that's the problem. Like, yeah, yeah, is pretty much Metallica's attitude to to like music making, and it's okay when you're thirteen, and that like that kind of shit is the coolest shit on the planet. When you like, when you develop a, a sense of nuance and musicality, you go. Actually, these guys are like clowns. They're they're just there's 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 no. It's it's just kind of thin. Thin Lizzy are only famous purely for the fact that their singer died. That was what made them huge. <laughs> Wrong, <laughs> incorrect, <laughs> uh, and it's hard, it, obviously you know people are, are do have different different tastes and in, in different uh, in different materials, and there are a lot of like people out there that say that they hate the talent because they sold out because of the Black Album. Oh, I have, also, I've got absolutely the, no problem with that. The it's, Black Album was also one of the best produced albums. Out there, simple as it, it, it it's sounding wise, it's phenomenal. Um, with Gary Ching, don't get me wrong, there are some songs on there that I don't like. So, but... we'll, we'll go back to your original statement here. Sorry, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm all of the covers in Garage Inc. are better than the original. Yes, they're better than the originals. Doesn't say that I, I can still not like the originals, and I still think that some of them I 
wouldn't always listen to, but they're still better than the originals. I mean, we we've ascertained that nope, because whiskey in a jar, like the 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 initial starting point is just it's not better. Like the 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 take away the subtlety, they've taken away the the intro, the half ass the solo, they've dropped it down to like tone. C, like, like C I or something. In, They're in D, D standard. standard. In D standard because like Het is just not as good as Phil Linnett. Like he well, just can't sing as well. <laughs> when Metallica actually record all their all their albums, they do them in E flat and raise the pitch up on them anyway. Okay. All all of the stuff like that's done for demo magnetic and all the original demos, they're all done in E flat and then they just are simply brought up on um when the final productions are put together. So but Hetz you know, when Metallica play live, they're always in E flat or D standard, sometimes even go down to C C sharp standard, I think. For a few songs, you know, they've always been low, they've always always been heavy, and that's how it goes. I mean, low doesn't always mean heavy, and heavy doesn't always mean low. Oh, no, like, you know, Symptom of the Universe is, I think that's done in E standard, and that's one of the heaviest risks known to man. It, like, the the later Aussie Sabbath stuff was in in much lower tunings, I believe. Uh, uh, I, I know Jordan, it, like, the lowest they've done, I think, is Jordan of the Grave, and I think that's in C-sharp C standard, I think. There you go. Um, it's it's been a while. It's been it's been a long while since I've played any Sabbath. Uh, I really should because Sabbath absolutely fucking rule. Um, unlike Metallica. <laughs> I mean, I Metallica. I will. I, I need to argue with their bank balance and their platinum records, and you know, playing to God knows how many billion people. Yeah, um, and and. And admittedly, yeah, if you know, if Phil and uh, and Gary Moore were still knocking knocking around, then yeah, you know, Lizzie may have well have reached the the same um, height that Metallica have had. Them they may not have done, you, you know. But it's one of those things that we'll we'll never we'll never know. Yes, then Lizzie did carve the way for Metallica because you know, plans like Sabbath and say Thin Lizzie made and Judas Priest all kind of did spawn everything. Yeah, else. I mean, Thin Lizzy... But my not, original standpoint still stands. I, I don't think there's there's any way that we can agree on this when their version of Whiskey in the Jar is just so bad. You see, this, this is where I disagree, because I really like Metallica's version of Whiskey in the Jar, but I also really like Thin Lizzy's version. They're if you could different only, versions. If you could only listen to one version for the rest of your life... I would probably end up picking Lizzie's, but it would be a close call. I the, Metallica made a big part of my of my teenage years, and my entire life in music is about reliving my teenage years because music sucks <laughs> these days. Um, I mean, right on, right. On. So, like, I there'll, there'll never be a time where I I kind of don't listen to Metallica every now and again and think about how awesome it was being a 15 year old playing along on a 10 watt practice amp with an Ibanez guitar because you know 
you know, and you you throw the gain knob on your 10 watt Ibanez practice amp up all the way. It's not quite doing it for you. So you throw the treble knob all the way up as well, just to try and <laughs> really, really distort the speaker. I'm, re- um, I'm going to say something here. That's pr- I wouldn't say it's going to be cut. Well, probably there's people out there that are listening that think everything I'm saying right now is controversial. But there are more people that grow up now and go, I want to sound like Metallica than going, I want to sound like Thin Lizzy. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say no doubt about that. doesn't mean it's any good, though. Uh. Well, if it's appealing to the masses, then you're kind of... It's, that's not quite true. If you're appealing to the masses, then it's categorical. Okay, you can say it with pop music, it appeals to the masses. Okay, yes, I admit it's shit. But yeah. and that kind of makes my actual comment kind of, you know, useless. But... Yeah. I'm digging a grave here. <laughs> However, it, it still stands. Yeah, I mean, Little, Ma- little Mix um, sell out um, like venues up and down the country. Ed Sheeran could take a shit and it would still sell for millions. Yeah. <laughs> Just because something is popular, it doesn't make it musically good. And I think, like, back in the early days of Metallica, there was a spark of something that was interesting and good. And it's just homogenised and homogenised and homogenised over, over the years where they they turned from one of the, the, the big four in thrash to like a, a dad rock band. But what bands don't, there are very few bands that do keep to their original sort of recipe. They do all change. Like, well, sex Slipknot, <laughs> for example, you know, they started out as this very aggressive fuck you all sort of band. And then now they've just kind of be, just become a bit plain. Yeah, I mean, it like... It has. It's not as as fresh as it always was, but it's still within the same direction. And you, you've got the same with like Iron Maiden, the, the same like three chord. They've done that for God knows like fifteen albums now or something. But let's be honest. Now, who actually listens to the the Iron Maiden stuff that's come out in the last? I don't know. 10 years they don't they all just go straight oh, yeah, back yeah. To... Well, yeah, but you could absolutely say that about Metallica I, the, oh yeah the, their, I mean their last the... album I listened to once and then I left it in a car that I scrapped because it was so shit so <laughs> I mean the worst <laughs> yeah, the worst songs the on that album that, the fucking the one they did with it was Lou Reed they did an album with oh I am the table fucking weird I am the table yeah that was I mean that I ain't even kind of awful like the last that, time, like I really enjoyed Death Magnetic because they tried to go back to their roots and whilst it didn't get all the way there it was close I think enough even that Metallica it was better than anything they'd done it, since uh, 1988 yeah and Death Magnetic is the album they should have released in ninety one? Yeah, yeah. Like load and reload shouldn't have happened. Garage Inc shouldn't have happened. Saint Anger definitely shouldn't have happened. Like I said in the chat, there are some hidden gems in Saint Anger, but the mixing and the actual, like, say, you know, everyone just thinks of <laughs> snare, you yeah. know. But the, the problem, the problem with it was that they were trying to like ride that new metal train. Because it was uh, exactly, and 
that's what they did in the 90s. It was, oh, we need to be a rock band now because metal's not cool. And it's always that kind of chasing chasing a trend rather than like being that's... the band that they they were. And I know that, that kind of sucks to say that they're, they're trying something new and they, they should feel bad about it. But that is the natural order of like rock bands. They should be going out there and milking like the the hits they had in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that you are annoyed that they tried to stay current and successful? Yeah, tried to, yeah but they tried to stay <laughs> like current and relevant when they were like fifty year old dudes. Yeah, but I mean, like, I I don't have a problem with that. I think St. Anger, I think, is an awful album, and I don't think you can justify it, Josh, as much as you say there's some Oh, well, that, I like, I very rarely listen like, to it, it's, St. Anger. They, they, they basically have one of the more proficient lead guitarists in metal music, and they told him not to play any solos for an album. And yeah. it just it's it wasn't a Metallica album really. It was just a an album where they'd come up with some riffs whilst they were all dodging in and out of rehab yeah. and they threw it together and tried to release it and it just it was yeah, not great. And I It was definitely t- an album that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, and I didn't particularly enjoy Load or Reload. Um like I, I saw them at Sonosphere when the Big Four got together for the first yeah. time for that tour in 2011, and they did. Must, they did. Am I evil with everybody? Yeah, they did. Am I evil with everybody? They, but they did. The memory remains, and literally, bearing in mind this is a metal festival, it was at Sonosphere Festival, which is for people who are supposed to love this music, and the audible groan as they started the memory remains <laughs> was it, like, it. It just said everything about Metallica. But and see, when I saw them really. In- I saw them in 2019. The second song they played was The Memory of the Remains, and that had the biggest singing along of the whole crowd well, yeah, from the, I, the whole night. That just shocks. Like I say, it, there was literally an audible groan over the top of Metallica playing, <laughs> which, like as you know, is fucking loud, especially at a festival. But yeah, it, it's just like the kind of things that they needed to stick to. And like Adam made a mistake earlier before the podcast of saying that they shouldn't have written anything after Ride the Lightning. And I mean, I'll, I'll allow puppets. Go on. Like, I was just going to say, like, probably, justice for all. Yeah, and justice for all, maybe not because, like, it's again badly mixed. But um, certainly, puppets. Like, I, I don't think it's my 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 favorite album is their first album. I think it it blows everything out of the water because it's so raw. But Orion and Battery are probably my two favorite Metallica songs, and they're both on puppets. So. You, you can't tell me that that, that album should Master of Puppets is one of the very few albums by bands out there where every song is a solid 10 out of 10. Mm. Mm. I don't know the track list off the top of my head. No, but I, you, might not argue no. with it. I mean, um, Battery, yes. Master of Puppets, yes. Yeah. Orion, yeah. yes. Damaging, Disposable Heroes, Welcome Home, Sanitarium, Leper Messiah. Uh, am I missing one? Harvester? Uh, no, that's no, justice. That's justice, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm no one missing one more. You are missing. I something. think the thing that should not be. Yeah, that that is a brutally heavy song, and all all of those are solid ten out of ten songs. I mean, like as far as Metallica go, it's it's like the where the 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 
Eye of the Storm meets, isn't it? It's the perfect storm for them. Um, I've just noticed that we've got 10 minutes each left of the podcast. <laughs> and we spent half of it talking about... about Metallica. <laughs> yeah. um, so we should probably wrap it up. I think we've, we've made our points there. Podcast listeners, you you decide whether or not you think, and I, I'm not I'm not even sure why I'm saying this out loud, but you decide whether or not you think all of Metallica's covers on Garage Inc. are better than the original. If the glove fits, <laughs> you must acquit. I okay. Next week when we shoot another episode, I want to know what these results are. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's talk about because this is. It was going to be a new uh, pedals. New pedals. It was. It was supposed to be a space echo. Um, it was supposed to be a space <laughs> echo special. Turns out it's a metallic, like shitting on Metallica special. Um, so uh, last week there was a silly eBay seller who had put up these rather interesting looking RE2 pedals. So it looked like almost like the photoshops that you've been seeing for years but in real pedal format. Uh, and then the listing went down and then all the people who had ordered these pedals got refunds and their uh, thing is cancelled very abruptly. Um, so that was that was kind of suspect. Um, this week, Boss have announced the RE2. <laughs> well, the, well, the funny thing was, is I sent it in the chat and I said, is this a thing? And then Liam was just like, oh, no, they've been saying it for the years. The day after, LRE2. And I was like, <laughs> fucking knew it. <laughs> I mean, he maybe he didn't know. I, I'm calling bullshit on that, but who knows? <laughs> um, so the RE2 has now been, uh, has been announced, but there's no, um, no log official pricing or anything on it because i think this was all based on this ebay seller who like who was a repu like quote unquote reputable seller um accidentally jumping the gun and i imagine that person has got accidentally a <laughs> yeah yeah try trying to like sneak some sales in real quick well, do you not remember was it two or three years ago where something went on to the Sweetwater website but wasn't released and then somebody hacked the Sweetwater website and in the unlisted pages found some pedals that hadn't yet been released and that was a whole big scandal. So yeah, they've that was... skipped the hacker part and they've just put the pedal, they picked the photos and released them straight away. I believe that was Wampler pedals, wasn't it? It was like a Wampler release. I can't remember what it was now. It's more than yesterday ago. Yeah, <laughs> more than yet. Yeah, no, absolutely the legit. So this thing is looking a little, little bit crazy, isn't it? This uh, RE twenty. Um, it's in in a compact boss format. So original RE two hundred one was like um, uh, a like a unit. yeah, it was a rack unit. It had like a, a tape, an actual like physical tape um, for the tape echo, and then it had a spring reverb built in as well. It was in a time before electronics were so good. So it was like a, a legit unit. Then the RE20, uh, sorry, the RE20 came out, which was like the like those dual foot switch Cosm units. Yeah. Um, which are like our collector's items. People love them, uh, but apparently have massive tone suck. Like you plug into one of those and you know the difference between your tone. 
because they uh they just ain't ain't transparent at all. <laughs> like the um the the beauty and the the quality of the original two oh one, which I assume had like a an analog um preamp unit. Um that didn't happen with the Cosm units. Um so it's it's to be to be seen really whether this this new one is um original kind of original specs where where it's it's nice and like warm and and beautiful and sounding um vintage <laughs> <laughs> He ended the podcast last. He ended the podcast last week. So with the worst fun. thing is, it's just my fucking chair. It's no, fucking... it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it won't be when I edit it. <laughs> um, but there we go. I was trying to try to not move, and then everything I did, every kind. Of... <laughs> yeah, I did notice that you were having a little giggle. Uh, so, so what are we thinking about this uh, RE? I'll read to because there's, there's no actual info on it just yet. I want I mean, one so much. I mean, I, I, they're going to be popular. Opinion. I ju- I... Jacks are on the side, aren't they? <laughs> they are. I mean, it is a, it's, a bo- <laughs> it's a boss pedal. Um, my, one of my favourite album sounds um, was done in the Tosca Song Congress and... Uh, an ambient section of that was used with an original Moss Space Echo. Oh, yes. And I absolutely love the sound of that. And I would buy the pedal just to replicate that sound. Yeah, I mean, I I had one of uh, one of my chaps on Instagram, or it might have been on my Facebook page, actually, uh, John, John Boy, um, had said, like, he was really interested in the, um, the RE2 because the... Like he's got an RE twenty, and it is—it's a really different beast. Like the sounds that you get in those units, you just can't get anywhere else. Um, so I think I might have to drop down this rabbit hole a little bit. I'm definitely not going in like both feet first. I'm just just going and buying a, an RE two. That ain't how I play things. Um. Yeah. So he's going to get the other version of a pedal that's also been announced this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are a couple of like Space Echo themed plugins that are floating about, so I might see what like what the crack is with them and see like how different these sounds are and whether or not I like them. And there's um, two extra benefits to those plugins: one, the jacks aren't on the side of the pedal. And yeah. two, they don't have stupid concentric pots, and this has got stupid concentric pots. Oh, and therefore, yeah. I'm never ever going to even touch it because Conce- concentric pots on boss pedals means the boss pedal is awful. If in my experience in the past, I've had two <laughs> boss pedals with concentric pots, and they were fucking trash. And I'm never yeah. buying another one. Cries in metal zone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I agree. Like concentric pots on a pedal. I've got um, a couple of uh, Marshall pedals that have got those concentric pots. Yeah. And I've got a few Dan Electro pedals that have got even worse concentric pots because the the knob that they use, they've basically just cut in half. So there's no there's no like lip for the top concentric pot. 
they just move together. Like no matter what you do, they move together. Um, but concentric pots, bane of my existence, really shitty. Uh, yeah. They make doing no talk all tone demos really hard, and I'm not about that life. So the RE2 will not be making its way onto the no talk all tone series anytime soon, unless I can pick one up for like fifteen quid. <laughs> so good luck with that because i imagine these will be 200 quid oh yeah yeah and and they're gonna retain their value for pretty much my entire lifetime so yeah i'm very surprised that these don't have a w on the end yeah that that surprised me as well um but because it, it's not a direct copy of a pedal that has yeah. been previously released that's probably why but didn't they finally break that mold at one point I feel like they released something that was a... Oh, the TB2W. Yeah. So they've broken that mold now, so they can charge an extra 50 quid for a buffer that doesn't exist. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, the um, TU2W. It's an extra 100 oh, quid to me. get a tune because it's black. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, the, the buffer's better. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Excellent. Sure. <laughs> look, I don't care about the buffer in my tuner. Um but hey, hi. So that that was released or announced, sorry, by Boss. And then New X or Nux um, almost instantaneously uh, announced their NDD7, which is Space Echo flavored. Um, it's a dual foot switch. So this is this is not a like a compact size. This is like kind of RE20 style size. Two foot switches. Uh, you've got Bass, treble, time, repeat, level, and reverb on the front. Uh, you've also got a select button. And if you hold the select button, it gives you secret options. So then it allows you to adjust saturation, wow, flutter, kill dry, and expression as well. So like gives you in-depth. So like the, the saturation, wow, and flutter are the stuff that you would expect for to like to really hone in those like tape sounds. Uh, it's got MIDI in and out via 3.5 mil jacks, so it's dead to me. Because just why? Why? Now, there's there's quite a few companies that do it. I think Boss do it via uh, like TRS mini jacks, don't they, as well? Um, some people will enjoy that. I'm still not on board with MIDI yet. I did say that I would be on board with MIDI this year, didn't I? You, you did. did. In it's... retrospect, you still got what nine months to get with it, sir. Yeah. And if I want to be with MIDI, I've got to get with its friends. Um, <laughs> as the Spice Girls once told me. <laughs> um, it's got so with this um, new X pedal as well. There are two, but like the two buttons. Like one's a tap control and the other one does something, I assume, engages the pedal. Um, if you press them both together, it enters SOS mode, which I'm assuming stands for something, but it just makes it sound like Say you're asking soul. for help. It, <laughs> yeah. it dials dial 999 <laughs> as you're having a heart attack. Yeah, you just, I, I need an adult. <laughs> Uh, no, but can, this... I, can I just can we go back to the Spice Girls bit? Because I never understood that. Why, if you want to be one of their lovers, do you have to get with the other members of the Spice Girls? Surely that's cheating, and therefore you shouldn't be doing it. 
Well, I don't, I don't understand we, the Spice Girls. Are we arguing the big, this? Like <laughs> the biggest rumor I heard about the Spice Girls is they originally got their names and what their vaginas look like. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> oh. I mean, don't don't read into it. Like, don't think about any of the names. Don't just don't. Because the more you scrutinise that comment, the the worse it gets. Oh man. Oh, Josh, I love you, mate. Um, it's staying in. It really is. Oh dear, but. Just, um, just to justify it from our end, Josh is now crying, um, and the oh, thoughts that's of the quickest thing I've ever said in my life. Oh, uh, the thoughts and opinions of Josh. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to give anyone hate for this, like, just direct it to Josh. Just, at, oh my gosh, it's Josh. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Corona Mortis on uh, Instagram. Joshy oh, it hurts to laugh. YouTube. Oh dear. Um, so, save our souls mode um, engages a loop, a loop function. So it also has a built-in looper, apparently. Um, not a not a particularly uh, extensive one. It's like forty seconds worth of loop time, um, which like some boast like minutes worth, whereas forty seconds doesn't hardly seem anything. But, well, I mean that's that's fine to put together a twelve bar like loop, which is what all the dads that buy this pedal because they had one in the seventies will do anyway. Uh, yeah, why not? That's it. Forty seconds worth of two chords. <laughs> it's fine. At three, I said twelve bar. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's that. That's pretty much that. That comes in at one hundred and forty-two quid. Um, I think so. That's that's quite expensive for a Nux pedal, I have to say. But I mean, it, they it they're could not end the up being one of their best sellers. They're not the cheapest of uh, brands, but they usually pack so much into their pedals. Yeah, like the um, the horsey pedal that I've got, the Horseman, is both <laughs> the silver clon and the gold clon together. So there's like a momentary switch that you switch between and then it switches to the different mode. Um, I borrowed the the Monterey Vibe off Will um, and he like that one has got the, the chorus and vibrato mode again on a momentary switch. And these are the mini pedals uh, that are like 40, 50 quid with like dual mode on them tidy so like they they do they really do like pack it full of full of stuff and the fact that these have got like midi in um it's like you know where your money's going with it it's they're they're built to a price point but they're 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 not ripping you off it's not like going oh uh yeah we've we found some unicorn piss diodes for this so i don't know like three grand yeah, sound. Yeah, something like that. Now they're 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 hooking you up with with like the tech that you that you might want. So that that's cool. Um, Does it come with a free Spice Girl? 
<laughs> the space ghettos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I think I think that's probably our podcast title, isn't it? Um We have got some more news. Do we wanna do it? Like, let's we... let's throw it in as a free tidbit. Go on. I mean we don't really care too much, do we? It, it's probably a decent enough thing, but we don't really care. Um, so, um, Origin have released some stuff. Yeah, they they were teasing that they were going to release a new thing. Uh, and then it ended up being bass pedals. <laughs> Which nobody expected, let's be honest. No, no not, in a, not in a month of Sundays. Um, so what are, these, what are these bass pedals all about then? So they're kind of similar circuitry to the uh, Revival Drive and Revival Compact pedals, but for bassists. Yeah, I think I think they've taken the uh, the Revival Compact because the Revival Drive was all encompassing, but very very complex. And I think they took that on board, and then yeah. they created the 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 Compact, and it's been much more well received. Uh, so they've gone for that kind of layout with these these bass pedals. The bass pedals kind. Of, I think we said before the podcast kicked off, and it's very similar to uh, the sort of Tech Twenty One Sans Amp and the Dark Glass Alpha Omega. I think it is. You know, it's kind of aimed at that sort of like preamp sort of yeah yeah uh, style pedal. Yeah, like a pedal that's going to flavour. Maybe you put it at the end of your pedal board and then whatever uh, bass rig you go into at your gig can sound at least like the sound that you want to make. Or if like a bass rig's not available, you can still then go like DI into a desk and it's sounding pretty decent. So we've got two two different versions. We've got the, let me just get the, the names right, we've got the black panel. And the super vintage. So super vintage, no prizes to guess. That is going to be SVT. I wonder what. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and the black panel is basically Fender flavored. So it's like showman slash baseman um, flavored. And the the baseman uh, was quite popular as a guitar amp as well. So, yeah, I think didn't is it Doyle Wolfgang from is it uh, when he was in Misfits or whatever? Didn't he use a basement as an amp? I think I understand only half of those words that you said. Then um, the dude from Misfits, um, Doyle von Wolfgang. I swear he uses a basement as an amp on stage. I think sure? I could be wrong. I mean, but he might do. They've got a very distinct characteristic. They're quite quite mid-heavy, um, almost like a big, big fat tweed. Yeah. Um, which I wouldn't get how that would sound particularly nice for a bass. Uh, I suppose it would sound quite vintage, like 60s, 70s bass, really woolly and... Almost like that it was used by bassists in the 60s and 70s, maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, almost. Almost uh, <laughs> Almost like, you know, the 64 bassman might have been used in maybe 1964. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, but, 
Yeah, I think like back then, like the bass guitar was very much a new concept, wasn't it? And they were still trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, so uh, <laughs> basically, and, running and the a... answer was give it to John Paul Jones. I mean, yeah, he he did did quite well with it, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, but I think they've they've really refined what a bass sounds like these days. Like you you get like actual bass sounds rather than just ah oh, we'll make the mid louder. Yeah. So <laughs> like for for this particular one for the bass rig sixty four, they named some bass players in on their website. They named Sir Paul McCartney, who I've heard of, and Billy Talbot, who I haven't, and Barry Oakley, who I haven't. <laughs> There you go. But Maka, so, we've we've heard of like I've, three I've times heard over. Of Paul McCartney. And yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't particularly like his bass sound. <laughs> no, like it's not the most distinctive thing that I can think of when I think of Paul McCartney. I, it's not a giant flashing twat. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about enough twats to. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> don't set. Don't set him up. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um so yeah, so Origin uh have basically released a Fender style bass sound and an SVT style bass sound. Uh they've they've all got output drive, three band EQ, blend controls on them. They've got an amp out EQ, whatever that means. I assume it's like being able to flavour like the the line out to your amp with a different EQ in case you wanted that. The high high filter, low filter trim. Um, there's a horn cut as well. So if you are adding drive to it, it can. if you've got too much top-end detail, it can get really fizzy sounding on the bass. Uh, so essentially what that's doing is like taking out the little mini speaker that you'd get in a bass, uh, bass rig so that you get less of the, the fizzy high, high-end frequencies. To be fair, though, like with this sort of pedal, it sounds... Far too complex for a guitarist, let alone a bass player. It just needs an on and off switch. Yeah, yeah. If if they were making this pedal designed for a bass player, like designed for bass, but for a guitar player, it would be a big box with a button and one knob. Like <laughs> no, the knob's going too much. The, le- loud or quiet? Do you want it? Do you want it loud? Do you want it quiet? And then like the on off. Yeah, yeah that, justice for all setting off. <laughs> and that kind of feeds into like how I remember the Origin pedals because I've had a go at the big, the the not the compact, but the d- revival drive that was the two-channel one. Yeah. And it was just so complicated to use. Like, it, to me, these are studio products. They're something that you have in the recording studio that you book, and it's already there. And somebody's kind of set it up, but you can do a little bit of tweaking, but it's almost there anyway, and you don't really need to do much to it. And then you can pretend like you've never seen one again because, Jesus Christ, trying to sit down with one of these on a pedal board where you've got to kneel down to get to it and then tweak this, and you go, no, that wasn't the bit that I actually wanted to tweak, so let's put that one back and then change the next knob and... Like this, this, this has got dip switches all over the place, and like you can turn off di cab simming, and just all it's just yeah, just far too much complicated stuff for for, for me anyway. Yeah, and I, I bet it's probably got internal trim pots as well, which would be even more oh, annoying. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> so I think I think this this feeds into the the train of thought that there are two types of people in this world, and there are the type of people who would like the revival drive one knob 
which is just switch it on yeah. and you've just got a load knob. Maybe it's not even hooked up to anything, but it just makes you feel like you're doing <laughs> something. You, yeah. You go, yeah, I've really dialed that in really good. And then you've got the guys who get really hard for dip switches and like seven different parameters of EQ shift. And and yeah. uh, it just they are all about that life. They they spend like the the hour or whatever of packing time at a gig to d- really dial in their compressor tone. Um, and from that you can probably guess which type of people we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a market for it. Origin go from strength to strength, and people. I hear about the Cali 76 more often than I should about any compressor. So, like, kudos for that. And they, they did do, a, like, a, a simple version of that as well, didn't they? Like they did yeah, like they did a, a three-knob uh, three, yeah, three version of the Cali 76. So, maybe, maybe in, in the future, uh, we, we're going to be talking, like, three-knob versions of these for, for guitarists. <laughs> um, but there you go, like... It, it's a product. I think they've they've given a price for these as well. They're going to be three nine nine, so it's a tough market because we've mentioned the Sansamp before. They were two two nine, weren't they? Yep. Um, Josh, you mentioned EHX to the, the battalion. B- battalion, yeah, and yeah, that which is, I think is about one seven. No, it's less. That's one two nine at the moment. There you go. So. The, I'm, look, I'm, not, I'm in no the... way suggesting that the battalion will be as extensive or even like as good fidelity sound wise as one of these origin pedals. And the dark glass Alpha Omega is two four nine. Yeah, so it's a so, it's a tough so, gig. It's a tough yeah. gig. Um, like if anyone can do it, though, Origin can do it. They oh yeah, they are expensive, but you do get what you pay for. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but at that price, four hundred quid, you could get an HX Stomp, <laughs> and there's bass sounds in that. But then there's also guitar sounds and modulation and reverb and delay and, and so on and so forth. But there you go. That is us for this week. I think I've had enough of talking about bass products. Spice Girls. Space Girl. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Let's open this book up again because I need to. Give a sizable acknowledgement to our Patreon backers. For as little as $2 a month, you, yes, you, yes, I'm pointing at you, uh, you can be one of these people. And they are as follows. Mr. Andrew Brimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of 37FX, of Just Surprise Me Podcast, and Masters of the Cinematic Universe Podcast. Um. Both very good. I've I've just got on on board with the uh, just surprised me actually. I've I've downloaded a few episodes of that, and I am enjoying. <laughs> it's it's basically Masters of the Cinematic Universe, but without like a, without topics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. Uh, we've got Mister Huge Erection. We correct response. We've got Mister Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. Thank you, Ben. As mentioned earlier by Josh. And we've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. Oh, what a, what a show this week. What a show. It is definitely, definitely going to take some editing. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Um, so, if you want to catch me online, I am Budget Pedal Chap. 
you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tone series. Josh, you are on Instagram at the Corona Mortis, and you are uh, on YouTube as Joshy ZK. And the Guitar Geeks podcast. Exactly that. And you are on Pedal Boards of Doom this week. Yes, watch my video. Indeed, watch his video. And Matt, you're not Twitch streaming anymore. No, <laughs> and haven't been for a couple of years. I don't know why you brought it up last week. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'll bring it up again this week, just in case anyone wants to sub. Um, if that's how that works, I don't know. <laughs> that's a completely different podcast. That's it. Uh, Matt, so it's uh, heel underscore Matt Q at OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Twitch and Twitter, not Twinstagram. No, the other way. Not Twitch. <laughs> Twitter and Twinstagram. He's done it again. He's done it again. He's done it, oh, yeah. Dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, I mean, well. Technically, the Twitch channel's still there. I just haven't uploaded any, well, I haven't streamed for probably getting on for two and a half years thinking about it. Well, there you go. So, so yeah. if you want to ca- catch some classic Matt. On Twitch. I don't, I don't even know whether the, the VODs were probably removed because I used to stream with music in the background and then there was that whole thing about you can't have licensed music. You can't have they'll... fun, damn it. Yeah. Damn unless it, Matt. You're, unless you're Matt Heafy. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, so that is us for this week. It is a podcast. It is definitely, we've definitely got enough time because it's, it's now approaching an hour and 20 on my timer anyway. Right. Um, so... From myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Wee! <laughs> Sarcastically, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my gosh, it is Josh. Thank you, everybody. Indeed. It will be a tatty bye. And good night for this week. Good night. Goodbye. Toodle pip. Sarabit. I accidentally took Tipex instead of liquid Viagra last night. I woke up with a huge correction.